and welcome back to the Mildly Uncomfortable Podcast. This is a podcast in which two friends sit down to explore different controversial subjects each episode. I'm your host, Brandon Zoist, and alongside me is my co-host, Justin Coleman. Hello. Today, we have our first guest, and his name is Gavin Hess. It's your boy, G-Money. How is she going? So, Gavin, just uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about what you're, what you're doing. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, my name's Gavin, and I've known Brandon and Justin for a couple years now, and I heard they were starting a podcast, and whenever my friends or just anyone's doing something, you know, I like to support them, like show them love, so they asked me if I wanted to come on the podcast, and I was down, so I'm excited to be on here, and I can't wait to see what's going on. So, uh, our subject today is death. Uh, it's not that controversial, but it's a it's a big subject that not a lot of people wish to talk about or even like to talk about in general. So I think it's a, a good subject to just touch base on. Uh, we have a few questions that we want to start, start out with and talk about. And then we're going to get a little bit more into Gavin because he's been in most like near-death experiences, really. Yeah, so I'll just start off with a few questions. I made a list of questions. Uh, we'll start off with the most basic one. Are you afraid to die? Yes. Yes. I'm terrified. It is my biggest fear. Why? Part of it is because I don't have a religion. So when I think of death, I just think of it being the end. In the terms of like me not existing. Like no part of me is existing. I don't know. It just it just seems kind of crazy that I can just be here thinking and then like in the next moment I'm just not even a person anymore, I guess. Yeah. And that scares me. Also, I don't whenever I do die, like I'm terrified of the lead up to it, you know what I mean? Well, what if there is no lead up? What if uh, you just fucking die? That's the ideal situation. I would love what? that. Just Why? meet a Literally, if I die tragically and quickly, that would be okay with me. As long as it was Holy quickly. Shit. I don't want to, like, have cancer and know that I'm going to die. That's true. Well, that's extreme. Like, that's one of the worst. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm fucking terrified as well. Uh, I am a Christian, but even with, you know, believing to go to heaven and everything after you die, I'm still terrified. Like, I still want to live a life and be here, you know? Even even if I have the afterlife, you know? Yeah. What about you, Gavin? Yeah, I don't want to die yet. So, I also am afraid. I don't, really, I don't know if I'd say I'm afraid to die. I just don't, like, want to go. Time. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know if I'd, I would like to know that my days are limited either. I don't know if I'd want it to be, like, tragic or anything but i i wouldn't like to go if i if i know my days are limited and i'm going soon mm -hmm. i don't know because it it's so weird I, if if you had to pick and this is a good question if you had to pick well we kind of already answered it but would you rather uh have your days numbered or just fucking die like out of nowhere for me like i already said i would rather just die out of nowhere like i don't want a doctor to tell me oh you have six months like, that sounds fucking terrifying. I guess if, like, a doctor told me I had six months and I just try to do everything I could in my life and I died within the six months, like, without, like, 
the condition or whatever. Like I like was like rock climbing and I fell off and died. I guess I'd be all right with that. But like, I wouldn't want like the six month to come around. And I'm just like, oh no. Like, I don't know because like with six months or so, I just feel like I would do everything that I never was able mm-hmm. to do. Like you were saying, like I'd rather, I don't know because that's, a, that's a very hard one with that question. Cause it's, it's either you just die right now doing fucking nothing or doing whatever you're doing at the time or it's you just live out what you wanted to do and you don't even have to worry about anything because you're fucking well you have to worry about dying but you don't have to worry about like you know jobs or whatever or any extra shit because you're gonna die in six months like you don't need that shit yeah i'm sure there is some clarity to that just like Mm -hmm. accepting the fact that you're going to die and just knowing a set date for it but i know me and I know I would just be fucking miserable the whole time, just leading up. Yeah, know? another thing would be, like, you, you don't know that your days aren't armored. Say you literally just worked, like, two full-ass weeks of work, and then, like, your first day off, like, you just fucking die. Like, you just worked for so long and made all that money, and then you just fucking died. Like, that would be fucking awful. You literally worked yourself to death. Yeah. For real. Well, okay. On the opposite side of that, then... If you could live forever, would you? Do I get to choose when I go, or I'm just stuck? No, you live forever, like, until the world ends, or whatever. Like, you are here for generations on generations on generations. Yes. That sounds like it'd be interesting, but I don't know. That kind of sounds like it could be terrible, because everyone around, every person that you meet, you know you're going to outlive them every time. That's that's literally why I do not want to do it. Yeah, like... Every friend you make, it would almost be temporary, but it'd be a like, like, quote-unquote lifetime temporary. Mm-hmm. Also, with like shit like movies, when people live forever, they always have like a you live forever from the point that, or from the age and the looks you have now. That's not true. Like that's a fucking movie thing. In general, if you were to live forever, you'd be old as a motherfucker, and you would keep aging after that, and like you would, you know. I don't. Well, this is like that's like a fake thing, so I don't, I don't know. think I mean, those maybe, rules would, hey, would apply. Hey, maybe it's possible. Maybe we just never met anybody like that that's able to do it for us. Or mm. you don't even get old until like the universe is closing to end. Like like that's one okay. one year for a person would be like four hundred years for you or something. That would be fucking weird. Mm. Yeah. For me, I would definitely just choose to live forever. Like, I mean. It's gonna. It's sad watching the people you die, but like, you're going to have to watch family members die anyway. Your parents specifically, hopefully. For me, it's like, it's better than not. You know what I mean? Like, you can die early, and your parents cannot live you, but that's not really any better. Yeah. I just like. Why would you want? Why exactly? Like, besides just, what? Why? Because I don't want to die. That's you literally really are, the main you're thing. You're that afraid of death that yeah, you live I told you it's my number one fear. I do not want to die. I know I have to, and I know I'm going to be scared as shit, but, like, I wish I didn't have to. But you really would want to live forever, and every single person you ever come in contact with will die plenty of years before you do. Or you won't, so plenty of years, and you have to mourn every single person. All of us, all of your family, and all the fucking friends and family you meet, even when you're way older that you live through as well yeah no 
it's still better than the the alternative for me. Really? Yeah. It'd also be cool because I'd get to see the future and shit. I'd at least just to see get to see how the world changed. That's just crazy to me. But I feel like climate change don't get my ass anyway. <laughs> climate change is gonna fucking get all of us. Yeah. That's another subject, and we touch on that in another episode. Well, we can do. Uh, what's your ideal way to go out, and at what age? That's a fucking hard hitter. That is very hard. I've said this before. Sixty's always been a good number for me, because it's usually by this age you're still you can still do things yourself. So you're still like in a relatively healthy state where you don't need assistance, and it's like right before you get like fucking old looking. For for my family, like, I, don't, I don't know about other people. I have good genes, so we, we age a little better. But yeah, I just don't want to get old and feeble. Like I don't want anybody to have to do anything for me. Well, my my grandpa is right around eighty, like late 80s or early 80s late 70s and he fucking he's fucking good like he still looks good he he still is kicking it you know like he does everything for himself by himself like he's good dude that's great i would want so for me i feel like it's either i would want to live till 80 like 80 90 or i would want to be the oldest person alive and set that record that's mine that's almost exactly how I feel too. Yeah, I was gonna say like eighty, eighty to ninety, and if I'm already up there, I would, I would want to live like longer than anybody. Fuck yeah! Literally, you get your name in the history book as the oldest motherfucker on the planet, <laughs> on this planet. For real? That's why I wouldn't want to die earlier. Cause like if if I had to die at a certain age and like not set a record, it would be eighty to ninety, so like eighty five, I guess, and then. Yeah, if it's not 85, I would 110% want to live and be the oldest fucker ever. And then just fucking die. I'd be like, I'll set the record! And then I'll fucking die. Like, right then. Right then and there. As soon as they put my... As soon as I see my name and my face inside of that history book, I'll fucking just keel over. Well, then how would you want to die? Oh. As in when I'm, like, 85? Yeah. Honestly, just peacefully. Like, I don't feel like there's anything somebody should say. I feel like I, I would rather just go peacefully. I feel like everybody would, right? Where you're just, like, sleeping and you just die. That's what I was thinking, too. I was sleeping. I feel like that would be the, the most, like, the easiest to do. Yeah. It's definitely the most ideal to, like, die without knowing you're about to die, which is how I want to go out. Mm-hmm. Rather that be, like, in my sleep or, like, something fast that happens, like... You get shot in the fucking head? Yeah. You want that to happen when you're 60? That's, that's fucking not... crazy. Justin just shrugged his shoulders at that idea. That is fucking ridiculous. That's, that, that's even considered in your head. That's always been, like, a thing. I was like, bro, what if I just ended at 60? Like, I just live a good life until 60 and I just, like, But being out. shot? You want to be shot in the head and that's it? That's how you go? Bro. That's what you would rather have over, like living a few more years or like 10 more years or like i feel like maybe 60 is like a good age for me if i live longer then i'll live longer like maybe maybe longer or whatever i feel like if it ever got to the point where like we said like a doctor was like oh you you have this fucking terminal illness i would probably just hire somebody to like end it like i'd hire like a hitman and be like don't tell me when you're going to kill me 
just kill me within the like it can be any time between today and this following year. There's a movie about that. Really? That exact thing, yeah. What is, is it? Really? He hires a hitman and like within two weeks he he doesn't know when it's gonna happen. He gets to choose how or he can make it random. And it, it's it's a pretty good movie. I forgot the name of it though, unfortunately. Dang, Justin, you just watched that movie and then you stole their idea, huh? You stole well, their mean, idea for your real life. That's a good idea. I mean, oh my gosh. more than likely, I might implement it like something. If the sickness really does try to take my little ass, I'm taking my little ass first. This this next question sucks. I hate I hate this question. I don't even want to talk about this question, but it's a it's a good question. It just is like fuck. So, have you thought about what you would do in an incident of a close family member or loved one's death? And then, obviously, you have to attend their funeral because you know they're close to you. And I don't. I hate this question just because it's so sad, and I don't want to come to terms with anything like that. But if if that shit were to happen, like say it happens now, God forbid. But if it does, um. I really don't fucking know. I think I would literally drop everything and stop life for a minute, you know? I wouldn't want to die myself, but I just, I couldn't deal with other people or other things in general at all. Like, I would have to go to a safe place inside of my own head and just focus on myself and, you know, mourn. And it would take a while, I feel like, for anybody who's not even that close to your parents, but just have a, a somewhat good relationship. Yeah, you just got to put your life on pause yeah. and correct yourself. I've actually thought about this a lot, which is why I was on other questions. It's one of the reasons why I'm really thankful that I'm the oldest out of all of my siblings. Because I ideally, I won't have to watch any of them go. I'll obviously have to, more than likely, well, we don't know, obviously, but I'll, more than likely I'll have to watch my mom die whenever that happens, or at least bury her. Which, I mean, you can't really escape unless you escape life. That's not really good. The, the thing that I always think about when I think about this question, or just, like, about parents or siblings or anybody close to you dying, I always think about the movie Click with Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. When, when it's raining and he's dying... His daughter and his son are there, and whenever his his son goes up to him, I literally fucking ball my eyes out. That movie's not a good movie, but that the ending or it's like close to the ending, I fucking ball my eyes out because it's just like his father dying, and he's just standing or sitting there with him, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Like I could, I cannot imagine that shit for the life of me, and I don't want to. I don't, and I'm also uh, the younger sibling. So, like, you know, that's terrible as well. I have three close family members that are obviously all older than me. And that's going to be shit. Yeah, more than likely you'll outlive them. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then plus, on top of that, with close friends, uh, anything could happen. I mean, to anybody, but even, like, close friends, you know, for example, you... You could outlive each other, whatever, but something could happen when you're 30. Like, something yeah. could happen to your friend when they're 30, and it would be like, what the fuck, you know? So you would have to deal with that. And then for for us, because we're all, you know, 20 to 22-ish, um, 
it would be like our our parents aren't gone yet from old age or whatever but then so first we have to mourn one of our best friends and then a few years 10 years later there there goes our parents yeah. and it's like it, it's fucking crazy what about like uh so like with my uh, great grandmother she passed from cancer and it was like she had it like it was terminal and we knew for like three years that it was terminal and it was just a slow decline. So when she died, it wasn't really sad per se because we had all this time to like, know she was about mm. to die. Everybody knew she was dying. So it was like more like a, maybe this is cliche, but it was like a celebration of her life at the funeral where it wasn't sad. It was just like, that's nice. Like, yeah. that, that's very nice. Actually. I, I like that a lot. I, uh, my, grandma had cancer and i wasn't i think i was just born or so or like right around there i can't remember but uh she died before like i had any actual memory of her and to this day like even even my grandpa too this is on my mom's side that's both of her parents but to this day like she'll have dreams about them and like like she'll wake up the next day and she'll just cry the entire day just because like they were so close and that's exactly how I am. And I like, and I'm just like my mom when it comes to that. Like, I'll have a dream and then I'll think about it the whole day, and it's just like, holy fuck, I can't even. Like, when I see my mom do that, I'm just, I'm so at a loss for words because then I just start thinking in my own head, like that shit's gonna happen to me. And it's like, fuck, dude. I think that must be the worst. Like watching when it's like something terminal, like that. Watching like the slow decline in health, and like you just realizing it's coming to an end. Because then you're actually just, like, watching a person slowly pass. Bro, I'm about to cry. Bro, this is awful. This is Alright. Let's get off of this subject, or this, uh, this question. Um, well, I did want to say one more thing. Okay. It was just about Barkley, my dog, oh, who, yeah. usually, who recently died. It was sad. Barkley... Barkley was a... He was a, like, wild dog, so he would... He would he'd like to run away. Every chance he got, he would run away for like 30 minutes and then come back on the porch and wait for somebody to let him in. But he ran away twice that day, and the second time, he had ran into the street and he got ran over by this pretty large truck. Hit him so hard, his whole ass harness popped off. Just like wobbled up on the porch, and I just laid with him until he passed. So it was pretty sad. The first time I'd like watched anything with so much life, like, slowly pass in front of me and i'm hopefully that i won't have to do that again but like animals animals are crazy like it's so fucking it's so fucked when they die yeah yeah uh, and gizmo are both getting old and it's it's not looking good but like while they're still here you know yeah yeah i cherish all the time you have right i'm not looking forward to the those days I know that's gonna be bad. Yeah. Even Kubo, my sister's dog, like he's not even close. He's like two or something, three in December, but like it's just fucking sad. Like I can't even even in my rabbit too, Rally, like he's five in December or something. And I just cannot think of anything without them, you know? Yeah. It's it's sad. Yeah, it's like they literally leave an impression, like it was like the whole week I would just like find his toys and shit around the house and then 
I had to pick his food bowl up off the kitchen floor because there wasn't really a point for it being there anymore. So that like, is I think of that. Yeah. I think of that when it comes to like what happens when my mom passes. Like, what if I feel finally feel better about it and I just find something of hers around the house or right. something? Yeah. Or like even when I had to like dig a hole for Barkley, that shit was sad. And I think about how sad it must be to like manage funeral arrangements for somebody who just passed. Yeah. I wouldn't even be able to dig the hole. Like, I'd literally be midway through the hole, digging the hole, and then my eyes would just get teary, and then I'd just sit down and stop for, like, two hours. And oh, then I'd just fucking there. cry, dude. I'm gonna give a quick shout-out to Cosmo, whose birthday is tomorrow. On it's Sunday, tomorrow? yeah. Oh, it's awesome. He's about to be 14. Oh, my God. He's 14. Yeah. Yes. The OG Holy Cosmo. Shit. I know that was, he was that old. Yeah. So when did you guys get him? 14 years, or, yeah, 14 years ago. Obviously, when, how old were you? <laughs> um, Sick. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know dogs lived that long. I thought it was, like, a little bit over 10 years. Yeah, he's been going dumb. It depends on the breed, too. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into the juiciest question, which is, what is your closest experience with death? And then we'll let Gavin go last because the rest of this episode will be focused on on Gavin with this question. Well, okay, so as of last year, and I think this is like because it's it's not like it's hard to explain, but I couldn't die from it necessarily. But it's the closest that I've had to just you know hospitalized where it was scary as fuck, you know. Uh, I have a cyst on my tailbone, and that was 2017? No, it was 2018 that it started to happen, and then what it does is, is it just flares up, and then it's basically, so a cyst is like a, you know, it's like a pimple, so, but it's way, way, like, bigger and worse. Um, so, they, I had to go, and they had to pop it, and then, like, fill it up, and help it out and i had to be bedridden forever and to this day it's been uh, over a year i i need surgery for it because it's reoccurring so if it ever comes back i'm fucked because it had already been here once and it was gone but because it's reoccurring when it comes back for the second time or the third or you know um it's way fucking worse and it's way bigger so i need surgery for it and i haven't gotten it and i don't know when I'm going to get it, but I'm also scared of that. That's like the, the close to death. I haven't done it yet, but if I have the surgery, there's, you know, anything could go wrong. Like literally you're right on my tailbone. So if one little fuck up, you could hit my spine and actually fucking kill me. Like, and, I, and I'm fucking terrified of it. So I haven't had a like actual near death experience ever, but just that's the closest that I would be, and that's why I don't want to fucking get the surgery, because I'm terrified they might fuck it up on the operating table. I guess mine would be when I was growing up. Uh, obviously, we touched on this last episode, I am gay, and growing up, that was not something I would ever say out loud or believe. I went through many years of just like being suicidal about it, and... The one time, the one attempt I did make was like when I found out that I was really scared to die. Uh, I tried to, more or less, tried to hang myself, kind of. And when everything was turning white and 
I could kind of taste metal in the back of my neck. I just got so scared that I, like, pulled it off. How, how old were you? This was, like, middle school. Oh, shit. So, like, 12 to 14. Yeah, basically. that age that age range. But, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm... That's, I guess it's, like, a thankful thing that I'm so scared of death. Because if I wasn't, I probably would not be here. And that's probably, I guess, the closest experience I've had with it. I didn't even... I don't even think I knew that. I don't even... I don't think I knew that either. Oh, no. I don't tell anybody that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you telling yeah, us. No problem. Oh, boy. Gavin's got a... Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I guess I'd be the closest to near death because of how many times I've had to get fucking uh, surgery. So I'm just going to try to start it from the beginning to the best of my ability with, like, remembering everything. So when I was real young, we went up north with my family. And when we came back home, every night I would wake up and, like, there would be, like, some yellow shit, like, on my pillow, like, from my ear leaking. And we, we I didn't know, I thought it was an ear infection or whatever, and, like, I wasn't in pain. And so that went on for a couple days where my ear was just, like, leaking, and it was, like, during school, too, it was leaking. I'd have to go in the bathroom and, like, clean it. We went to the doctors, and they said I ruptured my right eardrum and that I should be in, like, excruciating pain, but, like, I have really high pain tolerance. So they were just wondering how I was even, like, standing, like, I wasn't dizzy or anything because, like, basically my eardrum was, like, exploded, and I don't even know how it happened. I guess it happened during, like, the up-north camping thing. I don't know when, though. And so... We were talking to ear specialists and ear doctors, and they're like, all right, we're going to get this repaired as soon as possible. So I had to, like, before you get surgery, I had to go and get, like, this physical done or whatever to make sure, like, you're you're able, you're healthy and able to go to mm-hmm. surgery. And when I went, we went to go get a check for my ear, and they ended up finding a small hole in my heart. And they were like, all right, before we do anything with your ear, we're going to plug this hole up in your heart because that's definitely not good yeah so had to cancel the ear surgery in about like maybe a week or two from that day when uh when was this like eighth grade right yeah okay because uh yeah i had the i had um the surgery done in 2012 but so they were like all right we're gonna repair it and what they're gonna do it was gonna be barely even noticeable they were gonna put this tiny, like, because the hole in the heart is obviously millimeters. It's not, like, a, a bullet hole. Yeah. So, they, from the two weeks from there, like, all right, let's do it. They were going to put, like, a small plug in the hole, like, up through, like, they were going to go up through my thigh in this tiny, like, wire thing and plug it. But from those two weeks, it was already bigger than what it was. So, they decided they had to do open heart surgery, and that's what I got done in 2012. So, you know, they had to, like, literally cut me open completely and they had to plug it that way that was terrible that whole summer i couldn't do anything i was just in pain so the hole was growing yeah the whole like literally from when they first found out about it and they're like all right we're just gonna do a nice quick like we don't have to do open heart it's gonna be a quick surgery the two weeks later after that it was already growing and the hole was too big for the the original plug and that was a health hazard obviously yeah so then they, they had to do open heart surgery and got it plugged up. Then after that, I got my ear surgery done finally. But the ear surgery didn't fix the hearing all the way. 
yeah, I repaired my eardrum, and then I was fine for, like, a couple years. And then, my, uh, right lung collapsed, and I had no idea. I just had a pain at the top of my shoulder constantly, and, like, I was going through school every- I went for a week before going to the hospital. I don't even know why I waited that long. Was this- was this the concert? Yeah. That was the first one. Yeah, it was me, Gavin, and a few of our other friends. We went to a Riff Raff concert. And Gavin, like, if you look at pictures, he looks fine. Like, yeah. nothing, you don't look like you have a collapsed fucking lung. Mm-hmm. But, like, when, I don't even know, because it's, you even being there with you in person, you didn't look like you were in pain or feel anything. You were just like, cool, this concert is fucking awesome, you know? Like, it's fucking crazy that that was going on, or that it literally was collapsed while we were, like, jumping and fucking singing along with shit. Mm-hmm. And that, wait, that was 2000, what was it, 13? No, uh, 15. I think, yeah, 15. 15. Right around there, probably. Yeah, that's when the high pain tolerance kind of fucks you over. Because, like, I didn't, like, the Riff Raff concert was the seventh day that it was collapsed. And at that point, it was fully deflated to where I basically had one working lung. And I remember my mom, when we came home from the concert at, like, one in the morning, she was like, all right, we're going to the doctor's tomorrow because my shoulder was bothering me like the whole week or whatever. And I even told her, I was like, honestly, at the concert, I felt fine. I don't think we needed to go because I really just didn't want to go back to a hospital and do yeah. all that again. And we got to the hospital, got to the emergency room. They're probably just like, all right, this kid doesn't really know what he's talking about. They uh, put the they put all the stuff on the IV, the finger thing, and they literally had to give me surgery like basically in the ER, like the emergency room, they, they wheeled me into like this little back room and they had to like stick this thing, like this really long, like needle. And it went straight through everything straight to my lung. And it like popped it up a little bit like a balloon. And so they needed it to be kind of inflated to even start the real surgery. So right off the bat with no pain meds or anything, even they just had to stick it straight through everything and inflate it slightly then that's when they wheeled me to the actual operating room they knocked me out i woke up i was in the hospital for weeks having to deal with that that's always awful everything's terrible in the hospital everything irritates you after that whole thing i was like obviously nervous anytime i got a small pain anywhere i was like dude it's happening again and they told me that once your lung collapses once it's bound to happen again. Like it's it, every time it happens, it's a bigger chance of happening it over and over and over again. And six months later, that's that's the keystone. They tell you if your lung collapses and if it doesn't collapse after six to seven months, you you should be good. It collapsed during the six month, so it was the same one, right? Yeah, okay. same one, the right one. Had it collapsed again. And then had to go through all the same shit again at the same hospital and everything. Or actually, the I think it was the first or second, yeah, the second time, first time, one of them. I, I went to a, a different hospital than I usually go to. Oh, yeah. And the tube that they had, there's supposed to be a tube that's inside of your lungs. And it's hooked up to a small machine. The tube that they had inside my lung wasn't fully sealed. So the whole, it was like four, yeah, four days that I had it in, it was just leaking. So the whole four days with the tube in me, I didn't do anything. And then the IV in my arm wasn't in my vein. So my arm ballooned up. 
and was all bruised. After that, we got a, I got an ambulance ride to a different hospital, and that's when it actually got fixed and everything. And I, I still had to spend weeks there anyways. So that was all, like, problems with the staffing, like, kind of fucking you over there? Yeah. Yeah, that hospital fucking sucked. Yeah. That <coughs> like, was a fat setback. They, they fucked you even harder because of that. Like, it, it hurt you, obviously. Mm-hmm. It hurt you more than you were already fucking hurting on the inside. <coughs> Yeah, I didn't sleep for like any of the days that I was there because it was there was a tube inside of me, like resting on like my lungs because it's supposed to be secured in to where like you know when you're on pain meds you don't feel it but it was resting, yeah. like on my lung and it was resting on like the muscles lining around your lung, so I was in constant pain no matter what they gave me. So then I went to, got the ambulance ride to the other hospital, that was fucking scary. I've never had an ambulance ride before that. That was terrifying. But then they fixed me up there, and they did a surgery to where, after they inflate the lung all the way, they scrape the top part of where your lungs, like, are, and it, your, my lungs stuck, like, to, like, glue, basically, and then scar tissue starts to develop, so, like, it's, ba- it's, like, it's supposed to not fall again. I mean, obviously, anything can happen, but, like, naturally, it shouldn't collapse on its own again, and they're, like, well, once your right lung does it, you know, your left lung is uh, optimal to do it again. Or do it. So I got a surgery on my left lung like a couple weeks or a month later. And they're like, all right, you, you should be good with your left lung. No worries. Two weeks later, my left lung collapsed. That surgery didn't work. And I'm in the hospital again for like weeks or almost a month almost because they what they do is they put this tube in your lung. It's supposed to keep it inflated. As it's inflating... After it's like, it looks good, they take the tube out for 24 hours, and it started to fall, and they had to put the another the, another surgery, basically. Every time they put a tube in, it's a, you gotta go back to the operating and, table and get knocked out. And that tube is fucking huge. Yeah. Like, that tube is fucking big, and it's going through you. Mm-hmm. Don't they just have to, like, pull it out of you? Yeah, they don't, they don't yeah. put you to sleep for that, either. They literally they feel it. pull it. What, it. what it is, is, like, how your lungs are, like, the, the shape of it. It's the big tube that goes into your side, and then it thins out and it wraps around your lung, like it like like it outlines your lung inside of it. So when they pull it out, it takes about two seconds, but you feel it go all the way around, and it literally feels like you feel it on the inside get pulled out, and then afterwards it just feels like someone lit your like body on that side on fire, and it does not go away for like. 15 minutes once it goes away you almost like it still feels like it hurts like you can just feel it and it like they put a patch over it right away it's like a band like they literally pull it out and just slap a patch on real quick and like you can just start to kind of feel the blood does it would it gush like the blood does it gush out or is it just like you can feel it draining you can just like feel it draining oh, okay like, you it just starts to get warm and then it feels wet and it's like it's fucked. And e- taking that off is honestly almost as bad as when they have to fucking pull it out. Because they use so much tape everywhere. Oh. Taking it off is almost just as bad. So, like, when they, when they do that, they put the tube in, take it out, and then have to put another one in. And, like, take the patches off, put another one in, and pull it out again. It's, like, that happens so many times to me. Like, I got so many scars on both sides. It would just looks like I got fucking lit up. Like, I got stuck in a crossfire. And That's so fucked. So, yeah, and then the left one was, like, taking so long to just fucking stay up. 
And then they eventually were like, all right, we're just going to do the same surgery we did to your right side where we scar up the top and it gets stuck. Thank God. And nothing has happened since. How long has it been? Two? Two years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been two years. And okay. they both are holding up with every... And then from my heart, too, back to that, fucking, I, I get it checked up every six months. And, you know, they check up on the lungs as well. The lungs are doing good. The only bad thing now is that my aorta, the the biggest muscle or vein or whatever, I, I forgot, I think it's a muscle, the biggest thing in your heart, the mm-hmm. aorta, slowly has been growing ever since the open heart surgery. And they think because like, it got plugged up, you know, like the pressure makes it increase and mm-hmm. that's not supposed to grow. Your aorta is not good because if it gets to a certain tent, it might just like split or burst. And then if it does that, you're basically like dead. <laughs> like... How do you control it? Is there any way to no, help there's it? There's nothing I can do. They said the only thing that I, the only thing I do, or the only thing I can do, is to limit myself for uh, increase anything that would increase my blood pressure. They said if I like run or swim and stuff, that's actually good for it because it conditions it. But like, like that's why I had to stop working out and stuff because like, li- like if I work out, I have to do really light weight, a shit ton of reps. I can't lift heavy things. Yeah. Even, like, uh, I kind of, like, work at a warehouse. Like, I'm really technically not supposed to be doing that. So, like, I don't know what, since I'm still young, I'm, like, going to try to get away from more physical labor. I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but I need to, like, stay away from physical stuff. Doesn't doesn't physical stuff affect your lungs as well? Yeah, yeah. It, like, breathing. Well, like anybody, yeah, anybody it affects. Mm-hmm. But, like, for you, it's even tenfold, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, anytime I have to lift something, I got to really, like, <laughs> concentrate. Like, if it's something... Even, like, 50 pounds, like, you know, I got to make sure every, I, I got to take a deep breath, you know, breathe out when I'm supposed to, like, everything. Like, I can't just throw heavy shit around if I, if I, if I need to go fast. Like, I even tell, the, like, uh, my supervisors that work, like, I understand, like, sometimes we got to go fast, but, like, I'm not going to literally kill myself doing this. Like, it's not even worth right. it. Or having to go back to the hospital for, for moving a heavy box to try to get out of work faster. Like, no, fuck that. Yeah. If. If you think you're in danger by any means, like, you fuck that. You don't yeah. even do the work. Like, the job's not worth it. Your yeah, health. It's not worth it whatsoever. Because, like, even if you went back to the hospital, not even you specifically, but even some people, they, the job, because I don't know about your job specifically, but uh, the job, if you went back to the, the hospital, they could just fire you. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're not working for us. Yeah, you're you're trying to get better, and you did it on our fucking clock. Like, fuck you, you're not coming back because you're not helping us anymore. Like, mm-hmm. some, some places are that fucking evil when they're the one who caused it in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they get scared that a lawsuit might happen. That's true. So they try to just sweep it all under the rug and get you fired or something. Yeah. Or they'll do the opposite and try to work with you, and then after it's done and said, then they fire you for no reason, but it's because of that. Which, that's never happened to me, but, like... That's I, a big thing yeah. that could happen, yeah. You, you touched on it a little bit, but I want you to really go, like, how were you feeling when it first happened with your lung? Like, what, what was the actual thought when you, when you were told your lung has collapsed? Like, what, were, what even went through your fucking head? At the time, like, the only way I could describe it is, the, the thing that I kind of knew that there was something wrong is, I couldn't even really bend over. Like, if I were to bend over, I would... Instant, it feels like you got the wind knocked out of you. 
and I knew something was wrong, but like I was kind of nervous and I didn't want to have to do with the hospital and stuff, but like with stuff like that, you have to, Yeah. but like it felt like my, my heart was like in my throat. Like you could feel, I could feel my whole like chest move with my heartbeat and I could feel it in my throat and like the whole chest, neck, all that area. I just, I could feel my heartbeat almost all the time. And it was as simple as I'd walk up my stairs to go to my room and I would almost feel like dizzy and just like, I feel like I just ran for hours. Like I would just be completely gassed. And at the time I didn't have, uh, cause I wear my Apple watch now, but at the time I didn't have my Apple watch. I didn't know what my heart rate was at. And ever since I got my Apple watch, that's how I found <laughs> my lung collapses. Uh, recently, cause I'll check my heart rate and it won't go lower than like a hundred and something. So, Dude, you're like fucking Bruce Banner with the gamma rays trying yeah. to fucking see you, you that you don't go over and turn to the hog. <laughs> you yeah, check your blood or your what is it, heart rate? Yeah. You check your heart rate and try to not go over and die. Yeah. <laughs> fucking shout out to my Apple Watch for uh, looking out for me, always keeping my heart rate showing. <laughs> shout out for not keeping me uh, or for keeping me alive. Yeah. Oh my yeah, those are awful times. And. No, that's stuff like that I pray like every day that I don't have to do it again. But I'm probably going to have to get another heart surgery soon. Maybe not soon, but because like they order every six months that I've went, it's grown every single time. And when it hits a certain number, like there's a certain number where it's like dangerous, dangerous. Obviously, they're going to do surgery before it even gets close to that number. What do you mean? What do you mean by number? Like what is it? Uh, like millimeters, like of how oh, like size. Yeah, oh, okay. like how how wide it's getting. Okay. And there's like a danger number, and they said I'm getting close to the number where they do surgery, not the danger number. Oh, okay. So, okay. so they would have to literally open your entire self up again. Maybe I don't know how this surgery works. I know that's uh, since your aorta is like you know like a tube shape, they put a thing over it to constrict it from growing, so like it won't continue to grow, and like you know obviously it's not going to shrink. But, yeah. like, it makes it stay the same size. And I, like, there's sometimes where, like, just randomly, I get, like, a pain. It only lasts for a couple seconds, but I almost swear I feel like that's, like, it growing. Like, I feel like I can feel it sometimes almost. It's, like, an indescribable feeling, but, like, you, like, try to imagine, like, your heart, like, your chest, and you picture the aorta just widening just a little bit like you'd be able to like you, you kind of would be able to know like like you'd feel it yeah and i i think i have felt that a couple times and it, and it's not even like when i'm like it's not even like when i'm working out or when i'm at work it'll i'll just be chilling and it'll just like start to hurt and i'm like oh and like i just sit there for a couple seconds and i'm like oh and i like rub my chest and it just goes away and i'm like dude like fuck that's like heartburn but yeah. inside or mm -hmm. like even further inside. Yeah. Like whenever I get heartburn, that makes me super nervous. Cause like yeah. I usually, I know when I have heartburn cause like I know from like when I ate, but I'll still take dude fuck. Like I'm the last person that needs to be feeling heart, any type of heartburn. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that seems so, that seems the scariest. Like, cause obviously you've already gone through the whole fucking hospital shit mm -hmm. and you know how it feels when other stuff happens. But like the heartburn seems like it would be the scariest. Cause you'd be like, why? Yeah. I remember uh, at the the job that you mentioned in the first podcast. I remember uh, being there, and I remember feeling my my lung collapse for the second time. I physically felt it 
collapse in on itself, and that's how I knew it happened that time. Oh, you're talking about the job that we both had. Yeah. The one, oh, the one that I talked about. Yeah. Okay. That was there? Yeah, I had to leave early. I remember it was it was a late night, you know, we, we were, like, it was chilling that night. Like, we were just yeah. doing, like, some envelope shit, and, like, we're like, Psh, we only got to do this for four more hours. We're getting paid for this. Like, yeah. this is fucking great. And then all of a sudden, I just feel my right side. It just, like, it's like when you watch, like, a demolition video for, like, a building, how it just, like, kind of falls like that. It kind of, it, it obviously not that fast, but it literally, that's how it feels. And, like, it's almost like you could hear it with, like, I could almost hear it, like, within myself. Like, when your stomach growls, like, you could feel, like, your body vibrate and you hear your stomach. It, like, it sounded like, like, a, like a falling noise, and I just felt it. And I was like, guys, I, I think my lung just collapsed. And I remember at the time, Michael was on the other side of the table. And he's like, dude, your side hurts right now, too. He goes, dude, I swear my side just started hurting. And I'm like, Fucking no, course. but I was like, no, but like, my, I, my internally, he was like pointing like the outside. I'm like, no, my shit hurts internally. So I, I worked for 10 more minutes and I, I called my mom and I called my dad and I'm like, what should I do? And I remember my uncle was in town and I haven't even, I didn't even get to see him yet because I was at work and I came home and he's chilling on the couch and like obviously he knows because my parents are there and the whole weekend that he was there, I didn't even get to see him or anything because we, from that night we had to go straight to the hospital and it was, like I caught it basically. It was like, falling still on the way to the hospital i didn't even know that or maybe i just didn't remember but that's fucking ridiculous that it happened at work yeah i, I remember it. and like even even now like i got maybe i get a pain in my shoulder or something or even like where my lungs are i'll get like a small pain and like my breathing feels like it'll be off and like i'll check my apple watch sometimes my heart rate will be up and that's like a it's like a double-edged sword with a um because when you check your heart rate, obviously, you're already nervous. It's going to go up. And it kind of, like, fucks with you a little bit. But they told me, because one time, I, I remember, like, a year or two ago, I thought it was falling again because my shoulder was really hurting me and my heart rate was staying at 90. It wasn't going any lower than 90. My normal heart rate's 60 to 80. Like, if I'm, like, sitting down. 90? It was at 90? Yeah, it, it wasn't going any lower than 90. It was, like, 96, 91. Holy So, like, like, when I'm, like, sitting watching something, my heart rate's at, like, 60-something. When I'm walking around normal stuff, it's at 70. When I'm, like, walking all day at the mall or something, it'd be, like, around 80-ish. So, like, when it's at 90 and it doesn't go down and I was sitting upstairs, I was like, I gotta go to the hospital. Oh, you were just chilling. Yeah, and it was, it was yeah, yeah. Holy fuck. And I even went to the extent of going, all right, I'm gonna replicate chilling. And it was at the time when I had my reclined chair. I deadass reclined back and put on YouTube and I watched a 15-minute video. And on the Apple Watch, it tells you like how like how long your heart rate has been there, and it wasn't getting lower. It ended up being nothing. But when we got there, they told us since I've gotten those surgeries, like it might just be my lung maybe trying to fall, but the surgery's like stopping it or something, or like something's going on to where my body is making my heart rate increase. And it it ended up being nothing. And they were like, you just gotta you gotta know when it actually collapses and when it doesn't. And I was like, all right, well I know what it feels like when it collapses. I just whenever I feel a pain, like and I think it's serious, I don't even like to play with it. Like, I don't want to yeah. wait for it to collapse. Yeah. Like, Holy fuck. Like, do you remember, I remember a long time, it was when you got Uno, and I was playing For Honor, I remember this vividly, I was playing For Honor, and you guys were playing Uno, and I muted my mic, I oh, wasn't I'm, talking. I'm Xbox. Yeah, and because I thought my shit was collapsing again, because like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and it, like, it, it was starting to get harder to breathe, and I was like, freaking myself out, and like, 
we were in the Xbox party, and I'm like, I'm gonna act normal, and like I would, I would just like be talking normally, and then I would just be like, holy shit, dude! Like yeah. I'm saying a sentence, and it feels like I can't even talk afterwards. I'd have to catch my breath every five seconds. It felt like that ended up being nothing as well. I didn't even go to the hospital that night. My mom was just like calming me down, and she was just like, relax, and you, you'll be fine. Like as long as you're not in constant pain, you'll be all right. And I went back upstairs. Put the headset back on, chilled, play Xbox, and like a couple hours later, that's when I told you guys. I was yeah. like, yeah, I remember like an hour ago? Yeah, I couldn't fucking breathe. Yeah, we had no idea. He was just like, I'm, I'll be back in a second. And then <laughs> he came back and he was just like, yeah, I'm good. What do you guys want to play? And then he told us. And we were like, what, Gavin, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why didn't you fucking tell us? Yeah. It was fucking random as shit. Oh, also, with your ear. So your ear was the first thing, right? Yeah, in but, general. Yeah, I didn't end up getting sick. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Uh, what about now? Like, what's going on? Oh yeah, I, I I completely left that out. I just <laughs> got surgery a couple months ago on my my right ear because it fucking it didn't rupture again. But the first the first surgery for my eardrum is they took out a bone. It's the bone that vibrates that connects your eardrums, like you can hear. They took that bone out and put a piece of titanium. And what was it? Uh, you had what forty percent or something hearing or something like that? Yeah, it was at like forty, and now it's at like sixty. I don't even really know what the numbers mean. I just heard the doctor saying. Yeah. And I assume. Yeah, yeah, it was at it was at sixty, and now it's at forty. I assume that's hearing loss. Like I had sixty percent hearing loss, and now I only have forty percent after the newest surgery, because the first surgery they said it should be fine like you're good now and then over the years the piece that they put in there slipped and i didn't know because i don't even know if it was supposed to hurt me or not but i just slowly 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 realized like dude i really can't hear like there were times where someone would stay the night and i'd have my left ear down on the pillow and so like my right ears up and they would say something and it would literally be like the fucking the cartoons where it was just going out of my right ear and I couldn't hear a oh, word. Like fucking Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't hear a word they were saying. And I would have to flip over to where my left ear was up. And that's when I knew like, dude, that that's fucked. Like I shouldn't even have to be doing that. Or put my headphones in. If I had both headphones in, I took the left one out. I almost couldn't even really hear the music. I could just hear everything outside of it. Like, the music was, like, very, very background. And then if I put my left one in and took the right one out, I could only hear the music and barely anything. So, they ended up putting the piece back in the most recent surgery. And so it went from 60 to 40. And so, like, there's still hearing loss. They were saying it might be 40 because when I did my hearing test, it was only a couple weeks after, and they said the the packing and everything on the inside is still going to be inflamed. So it might be, like, you know like restricting how much I can hear still, but I can still definitely tell there is hearing loss mm-hmm. 100%, but it's, it's not as bad as it used to. Cause now I can, when I put my headphone in at work, I still can't work. And when, he, when someone calls on my name or like, I can have a conversation. Like there, there's times where like, I'll put my finger like in my left ear just to test and see what I can hear. Yeah. And it is way better than what it is, but it's still missing something. And I don't know what's going on with that. Cause he said, my doctor told me that I'm going to do another hearing test. I think it's actually this month. Sometimes this month I'm doing a hearing test. If it doesn't look good to him, like up to his standards, he said they're going to try to figure something else out, like another surgery or something. So I don't know what's going on with that. So the ear and then the heart, 
right back to fucking square one with those two problems. So, what else could they possibly do? Dude, I have no I mean, idea. obviously your ears are very, like, intricate, but, like, I don't know. It feels like, or it seems like they did a bunch of shit to you. It's like, just the ear in general. I really... What are they gonna do? Fucking take it out? Take your whole ear out? Yeah, give me a fucking <laughs> new one or something. I have no <laughs> idea. They even told me my left one, uh... The eardrum, they're, they're saying the reason why my uh, my right eardrum ruptured is because, uh, like, naturally, like, my jeans, I have, like, a thin eardrum, like, the wall. And they said my left one's looking thin, too. And they said if, like, anything happens, like, it could do the same thing. Like, I, I could just, it could rupture any day. And I was like, well, that's fucking cool. He's like, yeah, it could last 25 years. It could last 50 years. It could last a week. It could just rupture. I was like, sweet. Awesome. So, uh, what are we going to do with that? And he's like, we're not going to do anything with that until something does happen. Hopefully nothing does happen. But That so, feels like a I'm risk, like, huh? Yeah. I'm like sitting here like, cool. Everything's just fucking falling apart over here. I'll be <laughs> all right. Your entire body's deteriorating. You just got fucking Thanos snapped. Bro, that ass. <laughs> Holy fuck. I know. It's crazy because like all of this happened throughout school too. And like no one knew. Because like when I was getting it done, like I was in like, not embarrassed, but I didn't want to talk about it to anyone. I was, like, yeah. nervous. But, like, over the years, like, now that I'm, like, grown up and, like, I don't really, I'm, like, open. Like, anytime someone ever talked to me about it, I would always just tell them all the details and everything. Yeah. Like, oh. any, like at work and everything, too. How long was it? So, you said the first one with your heart was 2012. Right? Yeah. So, obviously, it's 2019. So, like, six years then. Yeah been in a constant block of struggle for Holy six years fuck. and then in between that like you were saying you got the cyst on your tailbone i had a, a cyst on my hip oh yeah, yeah. i fucking forgot yeah. about that. that that was terrible that hasn't came back but anytime i get even a small pimple by my hips i fucking try to pop it and if it doesn't pop i get scared instantly yeah i'm like fuck dude i forgot all about that little fucker yeah that was awful too well gavin i'm glad you're doing good now yeah, me too yeah. <laughs> Seem to be much better health. Yeah. You're not fucking in the hospital dying. Like, I've yeah. seen you plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> Those were fun. That, that was so sad, too. Because, like, I remember walking in one time when you're in the hospital and just looking at you. And, like, so Gavin is very, just in general, very fucking strong. Like, I don't know how this motherfucker does what he does. And I praise him for this because... If if I was in the hospital, even for like a fucking broken toe, I'd be crying my eyes out because I'm in the fucking hospital. Yeah, I walk in and Gavin's sitting on the bed just chilling, watching a TV show. And he's just like, hey, what's up? And I was like, what the fuck? How are you not like, how are you not sad right now? Like, obviously, you're probably sad, but like, yeah. you just don't show that shit. You are so fucking strong. It's unreal. Like, I don't I'll give you all the props for that. Like, you are the strongest motherfucker that I know because of everything that I know you've gone through. Yeah, I try not to, like, let it anything. Like, I try to be, like, really resilient with it because, like, I, I'm, like, I, like, pray and everything. Like, I know I'm, like, blessed with everything. It's, like, because, like, if I really, like, when I do start to think about it, I do start to get sad. But, like, I never really am, like, depressed. Mm -hmm. And I, like... Like, I just pray every day, like, you know, like, it, it could be, like, I know I've gone through a whole bunch of stuff, it always could be worse, like, anything could happen, it could always just be so much worse, so, like, I don't know, I just try not to get to me, ever. And you're one of the 
like main people that I know personally that has such a right to be depressed. Like obviously anybody can be depressed. Like it, it life gets to you, but like you have gone through so much shit that you have one of the highest rights to be like down in the dumps and you never fucking are. Like it's crazy. It's so it's so good for you to be like that and I'm happy you're like that. Cuz otherwise I don't know. Like it would be fucking sad obviously, but yeah. It's almost sometimes better to just talk about it too. Like instead of keeping it all bottled up. Yeah. Because like when I when, back when like only you guys knew about it, I felt like like personally like I was holding on to something. Someone would be like, uh, I got another big something heavy or some shit, and they'd be like, Oh, why can't you just lift it or something? And I would just be like, Well, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but like whatever. But like it always felt like I was holding on to something. Now whenever I meet someone. I'm comfortable enough with you if I think, like, you're the type of person that, like, would, like, like to hear it or, like, needs to hear it or something, like, yeah. I'll tell you now. Before, I wouldn't tell anybody. That's good. And that comes yeah. with age, too, because, mm-hmm. obviously, it's just more, like you said, not really nervous, but just, like, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. But now, it's, like, these people need to know, you know? Yeah. Like, mainly for a job or some shit. Fucking hey, well, Gavin Hess, thank you so much for being on this podcast and like explaining everything you've done gone through thank you yeah no problem you want to like shout out a social media or something follow me on twitter i don't even really post stuff i just retweet fucking memes i don't really post on any of my social media um i don't even guess follow it? me on twitter uh i think it's has 554 is my at and is then we can put it in the uh, podcast check. description. Yeah, too. I'll put it in the description. All right, yeah, I can just put all my stuff in the description. I think it's. I think your your Twitter is at Boy Gav. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You well, fucking boy. You fucking boy, Gavin. <laughs> Going stupid. Thank you so much for listening to Mildly Uncomfortable. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, of course. Of course, follow us on Twitter. Follow Gavin on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter is um, Mildly U Pod. So thank you so much and goodbye. See you guys. Bye. Wow.